Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 79 of ADHD for Smartass Women. Today's podcast is going to start with a review from Renee Kenyon. It's an Apple podcast review, and it's titled Bingeworthy. I discovered your podcast shortly after being formally diagnosed approximately three months ago at the age of 48. I binged every episode and listen every week. This podcast has changed my life and my perspective significantly for the better. I had no idea how many of my traits were due to my ADHD. Believe I've had ADHD since grammar school. Thank you so much, Tracy. I am a member of the Facebook group and lover of all the podcasts, but especially love the Life Hacks episode. Gratefully yours, Renee Kenyon. Well, thank you, Renee. We so appreciate that you're here. We love the gold stars, but even more than that, we love that my work is making a difference in your life. Okay, so let's get going with the podcast. So I was talking to an amazing young woman the other day. She has ADHD, and she was telling me her story, which was fascinating. This woman, she's clearly brilliant. And she made a comment to me that she decided on a whim her senior year of high school to go to the Air Force Academy. And then she followed it up by saying, I didn't realize how difficult it was to get in there until much later. It must have been by accident that they accepted me. They must have made a mistake. And then she continued on with her story. She was fascinated with Doctors Without Borders, and she was interested in genocide in Rwanda. And so what she did was she joined the Peace Corps and worked in Africa. When she came home, she went on to medical school and wasn't sure how she was accepted, That's what she said. And then after that, her residency was in a surgery program at an Ivy League where she also mentioned that she really didn't belong there. That too must have been a mistake. Here was this incredibly passionate, intelligent woman who couldn't see her accomplishments and felt like her successes were an accident or a mistake. Right then is when I remembered that one of our Facebook members had recommended that I cover a specific topic. 
That topic was imposter syndrome. So that's what I'm going to do here today. So what is imposter syndrome? Well, it was a term that was coined in the 70s by psychologists Dr. Pauline Clance and Suzanne Emmes. It's used to describe high achieving people who they just don't recognize their accomplishments. They feel like they're a fraud and that their success must be an accident or a mistake. I completely agree with the member who suggested this topic. I think it is a good one for us because after all, we are called ADHD for smart ass women and not for good reason. And we are talking right here about smart, accomplished, successful women who just don't believe that their success is deserved. And I'm confident that many of you who are listening can relate. And I'm confident of that because guess what? I can kind of relate. So I think ADHD causes imposter syndrome, and I wonder if most of the people who have imposter syndrome aren't just ADHD. It makes sense that, you know, if you're always masking, if you're always working harder than everyone else to keep up, even though you're really good and you're really talented at what you do, brilliant actually, you somehow have this sense that you're a lot like that proverbial swan who's peacefully gliding across the water, but under the water, you are paddling feverishly just to keep up. And you're hiding the struggle from others, coworkers, for example, which of course causes a lot of shame. Because this is the thing, you know, let's say that you're a professor and you teach, oh, I don't know, um, how about marketing, right? And you are absolutely brilliant at marketing. It is a subject of huge interest for you. And you are good at it. You are a wonderful professor. You love your students. You love to teach. You feel like you're making an impact. You really love your job, except for all the administrative details. You're always behind on those, right? You're staying up until all hours, getting grades into grade books and filling out whatever forms your department needs, scheduling appointments, whatever it is. And you know you're really good at the actual job, but oh my God, if anyone found out how bad you were at keeping this administrative stuff together, you'd lose your job. You wouldn't be respected. You'd never be able to be rehired. So shh, let's not tell anybody. Let's not let anyone know because you're not really good at your job. You're not really an expert. You're a fraud. It's all not true, is it? But to us, it is. The other thing is we struggle with attention. You know, the nature of ADHD is we get lost in our thoughts more, right? We try and pay attention, but we aren't always successful. Suddenly we realize that we're not paying attention. We have no idea where that meeting is even going. So we try and hide the fact that we haven't a clue. That too causes shame. So instead of focusing on what's being said, we're now focused on shaming ourselves for not paying better attention. So what else about our ADHD brains might contribute to imposter syndrome? Well, we don't celebrate our successes very well. You know, I was just talking about this in the podcast that I did about what ADHD looks like for women. And there's something called reward deficiency syndrome, and it's common with those of us with ADHD. Reward deficiency syndrome, or RDS, it has to do with a malfunction in the brain reward cascade. Specifically, we don't make enough dopamine, and that affects our reward pathways. And so what that means is we may feel less motivated to work towards a reward. Once we do reach our goal, we get to the reward, and we just feel less satisfaction from this reward than someone without RDS. 
we haven't really taken the time to build it up, you know, how good it's going to feel when we get to that reward because we just don't feel that way. Bottom line, we value receiving the reward more than anticipating the reward, which is the reverse of what non-ADHD individuals experience. You know, most people, they get more pleasure from looking forward to things. But since we don't, once it comes, it's kind of like, oh, well, what's the next challenge, right? This is exactly why we never feel like we've accomplished enough, which is another reason why those of us with ADHD might have more imposter syndrome. We also might not trust our successes. And that may be why we don't celebrate them. You know, we're not sure that we can recreate it. So instead of celebrating, we kind of have this attitude that, oh my God, I better get back to work. I'm worried that I can't meet the next deadline and I can't meet the next goal. Why else might we suffer more imposter syndrome? Well, we can be very hypercritical of ourselves. We spend a lot of time dwelling on what we do wrong rather than what we do right. And remember, we can hyperfocus, right? And we can also ruminate. We're done and everything went so well. But what we fixate on are the things that didn't go as well as we would have liked them to, rather than basking in the glory of the job that we did well. And if that's left unchecked, well, that spills over to its cousin comparisonitis, right? <laughs> You know, well, Jack didn't need to prepare as much as I did. He just walked right in there and he gave this incredible presentation and everyone loved him. Mine just wasn't as good and I worked so much harder, so I must not be as smart, as likable, as knowledgeable, as good. And the reality of it is that's probably not even true. Our presentation is probably better than Jack's, if not equally as good as Jack's. I think that many of us, you know, we start out feeling like frauds in school when we were younger, you know, for those of us who didn't do well in school. And I think it's hard for us to get our work done, to sit still, to not talk so much, to not be so exuberant. We can't be ourselves. So why wouldn't we feel like frauds? There's also another imposter syndrome that may very well apply here. And I've only seen it once. And it was called inverse imposter syndrome. Think about it. If you're really smart and you've never had to study or work as hard as your peers, you just kind of slide in on a dime and pull it out of the bag at the last minute. Well, you do feel like you've been skating by, right? And at some point, you're terrified that this is going to catch up with me. People are going to discover that I'm actually not as smart and I've gone through life half-assing everything, so I must be a fraud. Maybe you're really smart at connecting things and you can absorb most of what needs to be learned in class, but then you go to finish your PhD dissertation and you can't even start. By then, everyone thinks you're so damn smart, but you know the truth. I mean, if you were really smart, this would be done already, wouldn't it? And if you don't know you have ADHD... At that point, you're just convinced that you're damn lazy. And again, oh my God, what if they find out? I think my son has a little of this. You know, he's really smart and he doesn't really have to study as much as his friends do often, but he also learns really differently. So if his teacher assigns a book about an event in history, what my son will do is he'll go look for an online outline, kind of like a cliff's note, right? And then what he'll do is he'll skim the book. After that, 
he goes to YouTube and he will find every video that he can possibly find to learn all about the event. So not just the part that the book talks about. Ultimately, he knows more than his classmates then, right? His classmates who just read the book. And usually he does great. But if he has a teacher who's so fixated on the specifics of the book, sometimes in an exam, mm, that doesn't work out so well. So what can you do to combat imposter syndrome if this is something that you struggle with? Number one, you have to deal with the shame. I love Brene Brown. I don't know if you know who she is, but if you don't, you should run and go look up her first TED Talk. I think it was in 2011, and it was on the power of vulnerability. Brene Brown, she's a professor in social work, and she's really amazing. And if you want to read any of her work, I would start with The Gifts of Imperfection. I think I bought probably 50 copies of that book. Anyway, what Brene does is she talks about authenticity as the cure to shame. Now, I've taken a big lead from Brene. I am very open about what I struggle with. If I get distracted in a meeting, I make a joke of it. I talk about my ADHD. I, you know, say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My hyper creative brain got distracted. Notice I don't beat myself up. I don't say, you know, call myself lazy or stupid or unfocused. What I do is I'm just very honest about what's going on with me, but I try to spin it in, you know, as positive a way as I can. Again, for every ADHD weakness, there is a huge ADHD strength. Yeah, I'm distractible, but that also means I am very creative. If I'm feeling shame about something, if I'm embarrassed about something, I'll just cop to it. Then it's all out there. And normally, you know what happens is we get so worried about this or that. And in truth, everyone else is so worried about themselves that they haven't even noticed what you think is so awful that you did, truly. If we don't just come right out and say what we're feeling, then, you know, we become so hyper-focused on whatever we feel shame about, and then we really can't concentrate, can we? Okay, what else can we do if we struggle with imposter syndrome? Well, mindfulness, meditation, coaching, cognitive behavioral therapy, right? We have to learn how to control our attention, how to control our thoughts, just, you know, becoming aware of our thoughts and what we're thinking. Meditation, it's basically just training your focus and it totally works. We have several podcasts on meditation and mindfulness if you want more information. And you don't have to sit down. You don't have to empty your thoughts. You don't have to be still. You know, you can literally start with just looking at a spot on, you know, your door. How about a doorknob, you know, a book on your coffee table? And what you do is you have your eyes looking at that book, right? You say, okay, I'm going to focus on this book for a minute. But that's not enough because what happens is when your eyes focus on that book for that minute, you will discover that your mind will drift and will no longer be focused on that book. So when your mind starts wandering, you need to pull it back and make it focus on that book again. It's not enough for just your eyes to focus on that book. 
your mind needs to be focusing on that book as well. And what you're doing is you're just ignoring what's in your brain and you're constantly bringing your mind and your eyes back to focus on that book. And those of us with ADHD, we are perfect candidates for this, right? So you just want to think of your mind as the shepherd and your thoughts are the sheep and you're constantly hurting your thoughts back to that book. What we also can do is we can start tracking our progress. You know, a lot of times we think that, oh, we achieved X because it was just luck. You know, we got lucky and it's not luck. It's skill and hard work. So if you start to track the amount of hours and work and time that you've put into a certain project, you cannot just say, oh, I got this incredible result because of luck. No, it was because of hard work and skill. Of course, you know, there is medication and so many people are so successful with medication and my hat is off to you. I wish I was one of you, but medication is just the beginning. It is not enough all by itself. Okay. What else helps with imposter syndrome? Community. Community is huge. You know, just realizing that you're not alone makes such a difference. If you realize that, oh, this is just part of ADHD and it's not that big of a deal. And look at all the other women that I'm in a community with that struggle with the same thing. You know, you kind of learn to laugh about it. I think that is why our Facebook group, ADHD for Smart Ass Women, has just blown up. I think we're past 10,000 members at this point. And I think it's because women come to us for community, for this realization that you know, there's nothing defective or wrong with them. They just have a different kind of brain. And they're around other women that have that same kind of different brain. Finally, probably the most important thing you can do is remember that ADHD brains are brains of interest. So you need to do work that is in your zone of interest. There is no sure way to feel like an imposter than doing work that you have no interest in. So you're not that good at. Focus on your strengths and not your weaknesses. None of this, you know, I'm going to spend all this time shoring up my weaknesses. Leave your weaknesses alone. Contract them out. Give them to someone who does them well and focus on building your strengths. You know, when you are working in an area of strength, it's really hard to convince yourself that you're not good at it, that you're an imposter. I think so many of us with ADHD, we are doing work that we're not good at, that's not challenging enough for our brains, that's not interesting to us. And that's when our imposter syndrome grows. So this is what I have for you today. I hope it helps. As always, you are listening to ADHD for Smart Ass Women. If you like this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too can discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, they really help in that regard for me. They're like those little gold stars we used to get on our work when we were kids. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. 
Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.